You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Come on, are we a Bible-bringing church? Are we a Bible-reading church? Come on, if you got your Bible, we're going to get into it tonight. And one of my favorite things about Scripture is reminiscing, looking up, looking up learning about, understanding the different heroes in the Bible, the, the times that they lived, the things that they did, the things that, that through God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, they achieved. But I keep finding myself, I'm a little bit biased for whatever reason, I keep finding myself being intrigued and enamored with King David. And no matter how much I read my Bible and how long I've been a Christian and maybe how much I understand, I just keep finding myself so intrigued with his life. And one of the things that, that is incredible to me is that the Bible says that there's a song that they sing that Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his tens of thousands. I want to make that like a reality for you to, to imagine killing 10,000 enemies, Tens of thousands of enemies. And I want to remind you, this is at a point in time in the world's history where battle was primitive. It was face-to-face. It was hand-to-hand. It was up close and personal. Nowadays, you can be in Arizona flying a drone, push a button, and cause complete havoc on the other side of the world, right? Little different than when David was around and how David operated and how David fought. And what I love about David, something that impacts me, is that he had all these instances of being in battles and fighting wars and being engaged in that hand-to-hand combat. But it's interesting that no sword was able to catch him. No spear was able to hit him. No arrow loosed was able to hit him. And he survived and he lived and he thrived in an area where if one mistake, one slip-up, one thing went wrong, he's dead. That's amazing. King David was a boss. I'm sorry. There's another thing that that King David, I love when he says this, he's later in his life and he says, yeah, I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. He had an understanding of when you're with God and when you're in alignment with him and your heart is submitted to him and you have a devotion and a love for him, when you become a person of righteousness, that anything that your life may go through, any journey, any any, uh, circumstance or situation, at the other end of it, you'll never be forsaken. Isn't that beautiful? But of course, the most famous story of King David is the story of him going from a lowly sheep herder, a lowly peasant, if you will, to becoming the king of Israel, to lead God's chosen people, to start God's chosen nation, to be a huge catalyst of what God wanted to do on the earth. And so the story that I want to talk about today begins with an anointing. And an anointing is this, an anointing is a supernatural empowerment to achieve something partnered up with God here on the earth. It's an empowerment of the Holy Spirit filling up a believer, filling up a Christian, filling up a person of God, but then giving them power to accomplish something. And so it starts with an anointing. And unfortunately, the anointing first finds King Saul. And so God anoints King Saul to be the king of Israel. But if you've read the story, I hope you have. I hope this is common to you. But if you read the story, the Bible says that the Lord then rejects King Saul. He says, I wish I would have never made him king. I wish I would have never given him the anointing. I wish I would have never put him in a place of authority and power because of his inability to do what I asked him to do, his inability to accept the responsibility of what it meant to be the king, what it meant to have the anointing, what it meant to have the favor of God on his life. And because he was unable and unwilling to do what the Lord asked him, the Lord had to retract it from him and find someone who would. 
And so tonight, I, I want to bring this to your attention, that just because you have the anointing doesn't mean that you're always going to do what you've been given it for. Some of you in this room, maybe you've been around and you've had an experience where you've felt the power of God and you've been supernaturally been given gifts, talents, and abilities that God has used your life. But maybe you're in a stage right now where that time was a long time ago. I'm telling you, church, it's time again to remember the anointing, to remember the authority that God has given us as Christians. Sorry, I went really far down. <laughs> so King Saul, it's possible to have the anointing and to not fulfill the purpose for what has been given. And so the Lord talks to a prophet. His name is Samuel. A prophet in the old days was someone who heard from the Lord and spoke to the people. And so God's aware of the situation that, that Saul put himself in by choosing to neglect his responsibility, choosing to neglect the office of what being the king was, choosing to reject the anointing that God gave in him. And so Saul said, excuse me, the Lord says, okay, Samuel, we got to go find someone who will. We gotta go find someone when I anoint him, when I put him in a position of authority, when I give him control of the land and the people that I'm building, he's gonna do what I need him to do. He's gonna have a heart after me. He's gonna be a man of devotion. And when I ask him to be obedient, he's gonna follow through every time. And so Samuel goes to the house of Jesse in Bethlehem and he's searching for the soon to be anointed king. And he's presented all of the sons of Jesse. You guys know this story, right? There's seven sons of Jesse and Samuel looks at the outward appearance of them. He looks at how big and how strong and how tall and how capable they are. And the Lord starts to speak to him and says, yeah, it's not him. Nope, it's not him. Not him either. Not him either. Not... And there's this interaction between uh, Samuel the prophet and the Lord. And he says, yeah, you're looking at their outward appearance, not at their heart. I need you to focus on what I'm looking at because what I can't do again is give someone the anointing who's not gonna exercise it. I can't do that again. I've got too much plans. I've got such a future for these people that I need someone who's gonna operate and function under this anointing. Looking at the outward parents, not looking at your past, not looking at the situation that you're currently in, not looking at what was or what could be, but looking at the heart. I love this about David is that the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. Has anyone heard that? They don't call him that because of his ability to win battles. They didn't call him that because of his ability to rule and to lead. They didn't call him, they called him that because he had a heart after God. He loved God. Everything that was about him, he had a devotion and a passion for the living God and had a relationship with him. And so Jesse finally reluctantly says, yeah, there's another one. There's an eighth son. Bring him in. Go grab him. We're not going to sit down until he gets here. And so David comes up and the Lord sees him. Excuse me, Samuel sees him. And the Lord talks to Samuel and says, yeah, this is the one. The title of my message today is called From That Day Forward. From That Day Forward. If you're taking notes, it's about to get really good. The Bible says this. Yeah, send it. The Bible says this, now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. Hello. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon him from that day forward. What's interesting, Pastor Jurgen just taught so brilliantly on this. The difference between a dude like Samson, who's a little bit earlier in the Old Testament, in the book of Judges, the Bible says that the, the Spirit of the Lord would come upon him, but it was sporadically. 
It wasn't consistently. It wasn't from that day forward. The Spirit of the Lord came on him when he picked up the donkey jawbone and killed guys. The, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him when he ripped apart the lion and ate the honey. But David, something was a little different with David. He gets anointed, and the Bible says that from that day forward, the Spirit of the Lord was with him, was on him. That means everywhere he went, everything he did, all of his actions, everything that his life was about was now being supernaturally powered by the Holy Spirit, was being supernaturally powered by a God with unlimited power, was supernaturally divine and following into alignment with all that God was trying to accomplish on the earth. From that day forward, I believe tonight that there's going to be a supernatural shift in Awakened Church. That there's going to be a, from that day forward, there's going to be a, an awareness of the anointing that God has given you and the battles that you are responsible to fight. Listen, I'm telling you right now, your friends, your coworkers, your family, the people around you and around you, they are your responsibility. God wants to give you an anointing to learn how to fight and how to win the battles that they're fighting. You guys ready for this? I'm so excited. Okay. So David gets anointed, he's the king. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon him from that day forward, it says. And then David famously makes his way to a battle that his three older brothers are fighting. I wanna mention this, I'm not quite positive. If, if there's a Bible scholar here who has the answer, please text me, DM me, like let's figure it out together. But the three older brothers that are there fighting, my opinion, how I read it, is that they volunteered to be there. They weren't enlisted, they weren't forced, they weren't required. Maybe they were sent there by their father, Jesse. But in my opinion, the way that I read the Bible, it shows that they were volunteered to be there. They had an understanding of what it meant to go and fight for their country, to defend their land, to take the enemies that were there trying to invade out. And so David shows up to the scene of the battle, and this breaks my heart every time that I read it. It says, the Philistines stood on one side of a mountain, and Israel stood on the other side with a valley between them. And the Bible talks about the dude named Goliath. You guys know about Goliath. Famously gets destroyed, gets wrecked. And so David shows up to the scene of this battle. And can I tell you that because he had the spirit of the Lord in him, because he started to see things differently, I can imagine that he was perplexed and confused and wondering, why are you camped up on the side of the hill in safety, away from the fight, away from where the fighting is meant to happen? Why are you camped up in safety when you're meant to be engaged down in the valley? You're a warrior. What do warriors do? They fight. And there's an evil in their land trying to possess the land that belongs to God's children. There's an evil in the land threatening and intimidating the children of God. And so David shows up, and I have to imagine he's perplexed. Why are you camping up on the side when you should be down in the valley fighting? David's seeing differently. He's seeing differently because the spirit of God, the power of God is with him. I wonder how many believers have the right intentions and they might even be in the right place to fight a battle, but they don't have the power of God and so they stay up on the side of the mountain and never get down into the valley to fight. How many Christians are operating without the reality of the Holy Spirit? How many Christians are operating without the reality that the power that the anointing brings? How many Christians are staying where it's safe with a good view? Someone else will go take him out. Someone else will go fight him. It's not going to be me, though, because I'm afraid. The Bible says that they were afraid and terrified. I can imagine that they probably were. The Bible describes Goliath as a huge man, impeccable armor, javelin between his shoulders, a sword, huge sword. How did, I can understand that they were intimidated and afraid. 
How many Christians have the right intentions or maybe in the right place, but they don't have the power of God yet, so they don't ever fight a battle that needs to be fought? So David begins to see things differently, and David shows up, and he's hit with this determination of, no, 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 no. Someone has got to do something about this. He shows up with this determination of, why is there no one else in the valley fighting? Why is there no one else engaging this giant? Why is there no one else going down into the valley to cut off the head of this man who is defying the armies of Israel? He's thinking differently. He's got the spirit of God in him. He's hit with why in the world are we cowering in fear? Why in the world are we refusing to engage? Why in the world are we refusing to fight? The Bible then says that David goes into the valley. And this is something that I do frequently. I like to put myself into the Bible stories. Anyone do that? You should try. It's really cool. And David for me is a tough one because the Bible says that they put armor on him. It didn't fit. The sword was too heavy. But David has this confidence that, yeah, I actually don't need that because I have a way of fighting that's actually meant to take out this giant. And so I imagine myself as David on top of the mountain with the whole army behind me, no one else engaging with the confidence and the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me saying, no, I'm going to go deal with this dude right here, right now. But as I start walking down into the valley, I look down and I have a slingshot Listen, sometimes when it's time to fight a battle, the weapon's not going to make sense. The weapon's not going to make sense, but God has given it to you supernaturally to be able to kill an enemy, to, de- to defeat evil, to take back land, to be able to take back victory. Listen, the weapon may not make sense. Listen, the Bible says this. It says we do not wrestle or we do not fight with flesh and blood. We fight against powers, principalities, and evil places, evil, evil spirits. And so that's your prayer life. That's your devotion life. That's your ability to understand deliverance. That's your ability to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's your ability to pray and something happen. That's your ability to believe for someone to get healed. That's your ability to believe that our nation can shift. That's your ability to believe that when the anointing falls and rests on the people of God, that there's supernatural power to do the unthinkable, to do the things that God is so desperately waiting for us to do. The weapon may not make sense. So he descends into the valley armed with a sling, a few stones, and the power of God. That's a pretty good one to take. To defeat the enemy and to shut their mouth. Sometimes the weapons don't make sense. I want to I bring this up. that there, Every time that there's a physical depiction of something in the Old Testament, it's always a spiritual depiction of something going on in the New Testament. For example, the snake up on a pole. Everyone looks on it, the poison from the snake goes away. That's Jesus, right? The Passover lamb, when the the Israelites are still in Egypt and they smear the blood on the door and the angel of death goes by, that's Jesus again. But there's a physical representation of the giant that David goes down there to kill. And I want to bring it to your attention that there was a lot of taunting going on. Send me a man and he would fight me. Send me someone who's big enough, strong enough, and bad enough. Who's going to take me on? Can I tell you right now, there are giants in our land. They're doing the same thing. They're piping off. They're running their mouth. They're threatening and they're taunting. They're saying, who's big enough? Who's bad enough? Who's going to come take me out? I'm putting my foot down and defying the armies of Israel. And guess what? The enemy that David fought, his name was Goliath. But the giants that we're fighting, they go by the name of anxiety. 
They go by the name of depression and they run their mouth. Yeah, I got them right where I want them. I want them feeling the way that I want them. There's an enemy right now and I preach this message in youth. Listen to me. The youth of the United States are not for sale. They are not for sale. The spirit of suicide... The spirit of suicide that is affecting the youth of our nation. Can I tell you right now, there's a giant and his name is suicide. And he's going like this. Yeah, who wants some of this? Who wants to take me on? Who has the cojones to come into the valley to fight me? Only a person with the anointing can do that. I can imagine the Philistines on the other side of the mountain gambling how quickly David was going to be killed. Gambling, oh, is he going to be the sword? Is he going to smash him with the shield? Is he going to throw the javelin? I have to imagine they were gambling and betting against David because they couldn't understand that David was filled with the power of God. They never witnessed something like that before. And so David goes into the, down into the valley, ready to slay the giant, listen, that no one else is willing to fight. I believe that Awakened Church is gonna defeat giants that no one else is willing to fight. It's gonna take down demonic forces that no one else is willing to fight that they're gonna take things back. Listen, take things back that the enemy has stolen that no one else is willing to go claim. To defend the nation, that's why they were there fighting in the first place. The Philistines were invading their land. I believe that Awakened Church is gonna get an anointing, listen, fresh oil to understand that the battles that our world is facing, guess what? They're our responsibility because we have the power of God inside of us to supernaturally take out an enemy that looks formidable, that looks undefeatable, that looks overwhelming. So I have to imagine that when David slings the rock at his head, knocks him out, goes and cuts off his head, the dudes up on the other side were freaking out. They did not see that coming. There's no way they could have guessed that. The dudes who bet everything, like, oh, crud. <laughs> Listen, when you're under the anointing, when you understand what it is to have that, you're going to do things that are going to surprise people. You're going to do things that are going to surprise the enemy. Oh, I didn't know they knew how to operate like that. Oh, I didn't know they knew how to pray like that. Oh, I didn't know they had faith like that. Listen, I don't want the enemy to know our plans. I want him to know how badly we beat him. I want him to know how badly it sucks for us to understand the anointing, to understand the Holy Spirit and the power that God brings and gives us to execute his will on the earth. It's about to get really good. I feel it. Shame them. Those, those enemies right now that are piping off their mouth. Listen, we get to decide if we're the ones that silence them or not. Let me tell you this about God's plan. He gives us an opportunity as human beings, as his creation, as believers. We can either slow up the process or we can speed it up. Slow it down or speed it up. I don't know about you, but I want to be someone who speeds that process up. I don't want giants to be lingering in my land. I don't want giants to be threatening and intimidating my people. I don't want giants in the land to be running their mouth at my youth so we have to do something about it, but we can't do it without the anointing of God. We can't do it without the power of God in our lives. Amen? Because when you have the Spirit of God with you, everywhere you go, you just can't help but jump in and take a stand. You can't help but jump in and be bold and courageous. You can't help but jump in and say something to be the right person that God is looking for in that time. So I believe tonight in a generation of young people who are going to be filled with the supernatural power of God when they show back up, excuse me, to their high school campuses, 
All of those giants run in their mouth. Guess what? Your youth are not in there right now to be entertained and supervised while you're in here. Right now they're being taught how to fight those battles that no one else is fighting. Right now they're being taught how to activate the power of God. Right now they're being taught what it looks like to have faith that something on their high school campus can and will change. And I'm telling you, watch what happens in the fall time. When your students go back to high school, get ready because the greatest evangelists the world has ever seen are about to be unleashed back onto high school campuses. Watch. The Bible says this, now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted, pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley to the gates of Ekron. All it took was one person to go into the valley. All it took was David, armed with a sling and the power of God to go into the valley. As soon as the the enemy that was running his mouth and piping off got taken out, the Bible says that the rest of the army fled and descended into the valley to pursue them and to kick them out of their land, to kill them all along the roads for miles and miles and miles. All it took was one person to go down to the valley, armed with the spirit and the power of God. All it took was one. Whole rest of the army finally. Sometimes you might be the only one going into the valley. You might be the only one in your mom's group who's stepping up and saying, no, we're not going to let this sickness be a thing. You might be the only one college students at your college campus saying, no, I'm going to stand up for what's right. You might be the only one at your workplace who refuses to dishonor their bride, but instead to honor her. You might be the only one when it comes time to speak the truth. Listen, at this church, we speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And when you're given an opportunity to do it, that you do the right thing. Listen, God honors that. He sees that. He rewards that. He's the best accountant that there ever was. In our church, it's time that we step up in those moments, in those instances, those opportunities for God to utilize and use us. It's time for us to step up. But imagine doing it with the same power that King David had. Imagine doing it with the same infilling of the Holy Spirit, the same power to defeat a formidable giant, to defeat a formidable enemy. Can you imagine with me? I want to do this. Uh, Hannah and Annalise, can you guys stand up? Yeah, let's give these girls a round of applause. Do you guys love when Charlie Kirk was here on Monday? Come on, absolutely epic. I love that our church not only participates in those kinds of things, but we're active and we're willing to use our voice. These two beautiful ladies are the president and vice president of the Point Loma uh, Turning Point USA chapter. Okay. Yeah, they're awesome. And hopefully soon you will see what, what has occurred over the last few days is that Turning Point USA has actually been denied on the Point Loma campus as a legitimate club. Their ability to meet, their ability to have affiliation with the campus has actually been revoked and denied. While, while other political clubs and other political affiliations have been allowed to continue. Listen, girls, sometimes you need to be the only one going into the valley. You need to be the one going into the valley. And what will happen is, what will happen is God will supernaturally empower you with wisdom, with discernment, with relationships, with an ability to look beyond the current struggle and the current challenge. And here's what I believe. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, when you understand the power that that brings, and you go down to the valley and you start hacking at this giant that's coming up against you, know why, you know why they're getting stopped? It's because they believe that, that abortion is wrong and evil. It's because they believe that a man and a woman is the only marriage that should ever occur. Because they believe, listen, not in conservative 
policies, but they believe in morality. They believe in the God way of doing things. That's why they're getting blocked. And so I wanna do this. We stretch our hands out to them. Lord, I thank you right now, God, that you are supernaturally empowering these women. Lord, I thank you right now and I prophesy the right people coming into their lives. God, in their ears with wisdom and discernment, with how to navigate, God, the injustice, with how to navigate, God, the, the frustration, of how to navigate the disappointment. So Lord, I thank you right now as they go into the valley first, God, you give them strength. God, you give them supernatural boldness. God, courage that comes from you. Lord, I thank you and I prophesy now God, that this is the beginning of a movement on their campus. God, I pray that you're filling other students up with faith. God, you're filling other students up with, I can't be quiet anymore. I know what I believe and I have to say something about it. But Lord, I thank you that you're giving them tact at the same time. God, it's, all, it's like what the Bible says, be as wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. Lord, I thank you that you fight for them. The Bible says, God, that you are our defender. God, that you keep track of the wrongs against us. God, that you repay our enemies. And so Lord, I thank you for these two women right now, for what they stand for, God, for who they are, God, what they believe and the amazing mission, God, that you have for their lives. God, there's a calling, a destiny, God, a plan and a future for them. So I unlock it and unleash it now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. You know, girls, the beautiful thing about war is you find out who your allies are. You guys are gonna get some really awesome allies. You're gonna get some people to come alongside you, encourage you, strengthen you, champion you. It's gonna be awesome. I can't wait to see what happens. Let's give these girls a round of applause. We're gonna wrap up here. Something interesting that I had never read before, maybe I just glossed over it, or I was just so excited about David's life that I missed it. But the Bible says that after the battle that David takes the head of Goliath and he sends it to Jerusalem. And that he decides to keep the armor of Goliath in his own tent. This spoke to me today. Can I tell you that when it's time for us to go down into the valley, when it's time for us to fight the fight that no one else is fighting, when it's time for us to activate the power of God in our lives, can I tell you that when we get victory, we're gonna give the glory to God. We're gonna give the glory to God. And here's what we're gonna do. The reason I love that he had the armor of God or the armor of Goliath in his tent, I imagine his buddies coming in. Is that Goliath's armor? Is that the giant that you killed? Listen, it was a testimony to the thing that he overcame. It was a testimony to the giant that he defeated against all odds. It was a testimony and a souvenir to the supernatural power of God getting involved in a normal person's life to help him and to cause him to achieve something that the Lord wanted done on the earth. There's something beautiful about that. And here's what I believe. Listen, as you're facing battles in your life, battles in your marriages, battles for your children, battles for your business, when you start winning them with the power of God, guess what? You're gonna have your own souvenirs to show off. You're gonna have your own resume of giants to feed you're going to have your own mark saying, yeah, I won and I defeated this thing because of the power of God in my life. Come on, the battles you fight and win are going to be souvenirs. I'm telling you, it's encouragement to others. I've already beat that giant. So can you. I've already took that one's head off. So can you. Listen, God wants to use his people mightily. I believe that with all my heart. Tonight, there's an anointing waiting to rest. It's a brand new one. If you are a Christian in here, but you've lived your life outside of the reality of the Holy Spirit and this power that I'm talking about, tonight's the night that something's gonna shift. And if you are a Christian, the Bible talks, and if you are a Christian and you understand the anointing, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that there's fresh oil. 
That means it's not what you got in the past. It's what's gonna happen right now. And so tonight there's an anointing that's waiting to rest. Can everyone stand to their feet? Just stand to your feet. Tonight there's an anointing from heaven. And here's what it's doing. It's looking for a person that says, yeah, I'm gonna be responsible for my friends, my family, my coworkers, my city, my state, my country. I'm gonna step in and fight the battles that no one else is fighting, but I'm not gonna do it alone. I'm gonna be supernaturally empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna get supernatural strength and discernment. I'm gonna be able to do things that people thought were impossible, to navigate things that people find unnavigatable, to overcome obstacles that look too high, too wide, too deep, to navigate them. And so tonight there's an anointing that's waiting to rest, but here's the thing, it can't just land anywhere. It can't just land anywhere. Right now the spirit of the Lord is hovering and he's saying this, there's nothing that I want more to show you how this is really meant to be lived. There's nothing I want more than to completely fill you up with my power, with my spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit's job is to be a comforter, to be an encourager, to be the one that helps us navigate the day to day, the one who brings power into our life. And so right now this anointing, it's waiting to find someone, but it's only gonna land somewhere and on someone that says, yeah, I'm gonna take that new responsibility. When it's time for me to go down into the valley and fight a battle no one else is fighting, I'm gonna be the one to jump down there. When it comes time to have a testimony of my life, of the battles that I've won, the giants that I've defeated, I'm gonna remind people of the goodness of God. If you want that anointing, listen, this is all that you have to do is come to the front right now. All you have to do is come to the front right now. Come on, you're gonna get filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, maybe for the very first time, maybe again, listen, you just need fresh oil. You need the Holy Spirit to reinvigorate your soul. You need him to show up in your life. You need him to show you the supernatural strength that he brings, the supernatural wisdom that he brings, the supernatural comfort that he brings. Come on, good. All you gotta do is come down. He loves nothing more but to empower his people. He loves nothing more than to remind them how much he loves them. He loves nothing more but to set them on a mission and a vision for their life. Listen, he has good and great plans for you. He didn't create you just to leave you in blah land. He created you to be a king, to be a ruler, to be a priest, to be a leader. He's empowered you, listen, to literally change the world. The whole reason the Holy Spirit was even sent down to us is because there was a bunch of dudes who needed him to change the world. And so tonight I wanna do this. If you're saying, yeah, Holy Spirit, fill me up. You just lift your hands up right now. And a brand new fresh anointing is gonna come. A brand new fresh anointing is gonna come. You're gonna start feeling and thinking and seeing different. The God of heaven and earth is gonna give his physical spirit to you. You're gonna start wondering and, and being curious about, man, all the things that I couldn't beat before. Listen, there's some people in here right now, you've been fighting a battle in your marriage, but you've been doing it without the anointing. You've been fighting a battle for your business, but you've been doing it without the anointing. You've been fighting the battle for your kids and for your family, but you've been doing it without the anointing. And so tonight in the name of Jesus, I release the Holy Spirit just to fall. He's just gonna minister to you. I don't even have to say anything. I don't even have to pray anything. He's just gonna minister to you. 
Listen, he knows you best. He knows exactly what to do, exactly what to say, exactly what to make you remember and recount. His job is to comfort you, to encourage you, to empower you. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just let him minister to you. If I get in trouble for going over, that's okay. Listen, he loves you. He just wants to know you and be known by you. Listen, there's, no, there's new levels. There's new layers. There's new levels and new layers. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, fill them up. 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 Fresh oil. Fresh oil. Fresh oil from heaven. Yeah, power from heaven is literally coming down right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fill them up. Fill them up. Just let them minister to you. Fill them up. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Yeah, brand new anointing, brand new anointing, brand new anointing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Fill them up, fill them up. Thank you, Lord. More of you, more of you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit power. Thank you, Lord. Fill them up again. Fill them up again. Anointing from heaven. Anointing from heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yep, come on. He's in the room. He's in the room. Come on, he just wants to fill you up. He just wants to anoint you again. For the very first time, some people right now are understanding the softness, the sweetness, the power of a God who loves them, who loves them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brand new, fresh oil, mantle of leadership. In Jesus' name, a mantle of leadership, leader of leaders. Thank you, Lord. Leader of leaders. Thank you, Lord. Brand new, fresh anointing from heaven. Brand new anointing from heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just fresh anointing. That's all it is. This is between you and God. He wants to do great things in your life. He wants to do great things. He wants to partner with you. He wants to partner with you to change the world, to change the world. Listen, his mission is too big to not involve you. His mission is too big to not empower you. His mission is too big not to be with you day by day, night by night, every hour of your life. Listen, that's what this whole thing is about, is a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with your Father, fresh anointing. Listen, he has an unlimited resource. It doesn't run out. It doesn't go away. It doesn't disappear. All you have to say is yes, anointing, anointing, anointing. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that your church, God, your church is alive and well. Lord, I thank you that your church once again is being marked by the power of the Holy Spirit. I call down fire from heaven now, just like it happened in the book of Acts. God, where the whole world could see that there was something different about those Christians. There was something different about those believers. Lord, I prophesy now that the ability of a believer, God, to change the world simply through their faith, simply through navigating the things that you want them to navigate, simply by believing that they can is going to change the world. God, I thank you right now you're putting awakened church on the map and the mark is they believe in the holy spirit they're empowered by god they have the anointing 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 they have i just keep hearing them they have the anointing i'm giving it to them i'm giving it to them i'm giving it to them yep it never runs out it never runs out it never runs out i'm gonna fill them up like never before like never before i prophesy right now dreams and visions are gonna start happening like crazy the Bible says that dreams and visions will find the young men, they will find the people. Lord, I thank you that you're beginning to, to speak to us in dreams and visions. I can declare right now, the prophetic is rising up like never before. As more people begin to understand the anointing, the prophetic is rising.
rising up. The best days of the church are ahead. The best days of the church are ahead. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit and for this church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.